Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Welcome back, everyone. So I don't think we have anything to really go over. So I guess I'm just going to dive right into today's case. Yeah. It is, like we always say, it's a it's a rough one. It's a, a truly tragic one. And it's one that honestly affected me personally when it happened. Um, mm. Not because I knew this person at all, but just because this person is or was a celebrity. Um who met a very untimely death, sadly, but um, I am covering the life and tragic death of Johnny Lewis. And I don't think I really know this story barely okay. at all. Do you know the like, actor? Yes, I know who he okay. is, but I don't really know like anything about his death. Like, yeah, I, I'm it's pretty... pretty wild. And okay. doing my research, like. I, it definitely cleared up some some misinformation that was spread mm. during that time. Um, so hopefully I'll be clearing that up for you guys as well. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with celebrity deaths. Like, oh, yeah. it's very, a lot of misinformation gets spread. For sure. And he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy, right? Yes, he was. And that's why okay. it greatly affected me because I loved that show and I loved his character on that show. And I was so sad. Anyway, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Kendrick Lewis, a.k.a. Johnny Lewis, was born on October 29th, 1986 in Los Angeles, California, to Michael and Devana Lewis. Johnny was the middle child of three siblings, one brother and one sister, and the family all grew up together, or the children, I guess I should say, all grew up together in the North Hollywood and Sherman Oaks neighborhoods. Okay, I know where that is. <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> Johnny was raised in a Jewish-oriented household, though his parents practiced Scientology also. So his dad, from what I understand, was Jewish. He was like Russian-Jewish descent, and his mom, um, I don't know if they joined Scientology together or if she was already in it, okay. but his family did practice Scientology. Got it. Okay. From the age of five, Johnny began acting and appeared in commercials and TV shows such as Seventh Heaven, Malcolm in the Middle, and Drake and Josh, which yep. I feel like those are like all the, you know, of my childhood and early, oh, yeah. like, I loved Drake and Josh. Years. Drake and Josh yeah. was like one of my, but apparently the actor that played Drake is like, like not a good guy now. Like apparently yeah, he's like, I heard that. Yeah. I, was like, I know, but it was a good show. And also Josh Peck who played Josh is like awesome now. And he's so hilarious on TikTok. Like 
I know. He's great. So at least <laughs> I that... love the videos of him and John Stamos from yes. Full House. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> so they, they were in a, another show together, him and John yeah. Stamos. I don't I don't yeah. think I ever watched it or I only watched like parts of it and it wasn't I didn't watch really... it either. I think it was like called Dads or something. something yeah, Dads. something like that. Know. Yeah. Um, but they, they he's hilarious and I loved yeah. Drake and Josh. That was like my jam. The Drake yeah. and Josh movie <laughs> is like one of my favorites to watch. That was a little bit after my time, I think. I think it was like right on the cusp of me not caring about Probably because like I feel like I was probably in like early middle school when that came out, maybe. So like Oh yeah, then I was definitely like <laughs> But I d- like I've I'm seen done. the show a lot because my sisters, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. So it was apparent early on that there was something very special about Johnny. As he entered his teen or as he as a teen, he entered his heartthrob era, <laughs> playing the role of Chili Childress on the OC. Okay. Which I've watched that show and I do not remember him in it at all. But I think he was I only haven't in watched it for like one OC, season. So I can't comment on that. Yeah. I think I only watched like the first two or three seasons. Okay. Then in 2005, he began dating soon-to-be pop sensation Katy Perry. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I didn't either. But huh. seeing the pictures, I was like, I've I've seen that picture before. Uh, I'm gonna look it up, and I'm sure yeah. Andrea will post that on our Instagram. Yeah, they dated before she blew up in 2008 because oh, okay. I Kissed a Girl came out in 2008. So they dated from. Um, like 2005 to 2006 so they dated okay. for about a year and then they oh, wow. separated because young. i know she like looked totally different just about. yeah she's like a baby in the photos of them together yeah we'll post one of them on on the instagram yeah so the two separated so katie could focus on her career which like i just mentioned would explode in 2008 and 2008 would also be the year that Johnny got the role as Kip Halfstack Epps on Sons of Anarchy. This was probably Johnny's most well-known role of his career. He played a prospective member of a biker gang and basically did all the gang's grunt work. And it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but they called him Halfstack in the show because he was a former... Um, I think he was in the army or the marines i can't remember and i know that those two are not interchangeable but yeah. he was in a, a a war accident and he actually lost a testicle oh <laughs> in okay the show. okay that's why he got the name half stack because they that's all have actually like, really funny names yeah if you haven't that's... seen the show which it's a really good show so go watch it all right i'm adding it to my list after i finish jenny and georgia season two yeah because <laughs> i haven't seen it i've seen like episodes yeah. here and there but i haven't watched it through yeah, it's a really good show. I mean, it's definitely, like, not for the faint of heart when it comes okay. to certain subjects, but, yeah. So, <clears throat> not only did Johnny excel in his acting career, but he was also a prolific writer, painter, and poet. And he was a philanthropist and had donated thousands upon thousands of dollars to notable charities. On top of his many successes, Johnny prided himself in being drug and alcohol free in Hollywood. That's impressive. He had seen, I know, right? He had seen too many of his friends and colleagues succumb to the drug and alcohol abuse. So instead, he became an advocate against drug use, using his celebrity status to speak to law enforcement officials as well as educators about the dangers of street and prescription drug abuse. Wow, okay. 
While his friends were partying, Johnny would be writing poetry, which is just so cute. It's just like the cutest thing. And he lived, um, and you might, you might know this, this area, but he lived on frat row, which I guess is like a really popular place for like young actors to live and like party. Yeah. I don't think I know. It's a fraternity setting, I guess, but without the college experience because it's their, their celebrity. Makes sense. I could totally see that being a thing. Yeah, so despite, like, being in that atmosphere, partying, drugs, alcohol, none of that was his cup of tea. So oh, okay. he was over in the corner writing poetry <laughs> That's instead adorable. of partying with his friends. I know. Johnny also never seemed to meet a stranger. He was easily able to make friends wherever he went. People were just naturally drawn to him and just naturally trusted him. He enjoyed traveling and meeting new people. He visited Europe, Asia, and South America. Johnny slept with natives in grass huts in Southeast Asia and was the first white man allowed passage to a sacred lake in Laos. Wow. I know. Johnny also loved mentoring other artists, which is one more thing to be added to his many talents. In 2009, Johnny decided to leave his role on the popular series Sons of Anarchy. He felt as though the show was getting a little too violent, and he asked the writers to have him killed off. Wow, okay. So he took his acting very seriously, and there was, and it was rumored in one article I read that he also, they, they kind of picked on him a lot in the show, but that was the character So he kind of didn't love that aspect of it either. And I I guess he didn't know that going into it, it was going to be like that. Okay. So allegedly that's another reason why he left the show. So he also wanted to focus on his writing as he had already begun two novels and several screenplays by that time. And aside from that, he had also recently learned that he and his girlfriend, actress Diane Gaeta, I think that's how you say that were expecting a baby. Okay. So Diane had a guest role on Sons of Anarchy with Johnny, and the two began dating shortly after that. Got it. Aw. Yeah. But sadly, by the time their daughter was born, the couple had decided to part ways. They did attempt to co-parent and reside together for the sake of their daughter, but that did not last. Johnny and Diane officially separated in April of 2010, and soon after, they went through a very grisly, long custody battle, which he inevitably lost. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And this is kind of where things start to, to plummet for, for Johnny. Okay. Oh, that's so sad. I know. In October of 2011, 2011... Johnny suffered a traumatic head injury due to a motorcycle accident in 29 Palms. Immediately after this, his behavior took a drastic turn for the worse. He began exhibiting bizarre behaviors and illogical thinking that would sadly and unfortunately lead to many run-ins with the law. According to Johnny's father, it was recommended that he receive an an MRI to better understand what could be leading to this extreme change in his behavior, but Johnny allegedly refused.
In January of 2012, Johnny was arrested while staying at his parents' condo. He had broken into the condo next door, and when the two men who lived there arrived back home, they immediately asked Johnny to leave, and instead, Johnny got violent with the men and allegedly struck them both with an empty glass bottle. Okay. Johnny claimed he was acting in self-defense because the two men did attack Johnny while he was in their home, and his father... um, spoke out in an interview saying that he was struck in the head like almost 20 times oh so again received trauma to his head right. but ultimately he was charged with trespassing because he wasn't supposed to be there and burglary and then he got two charges of assault with a deadly weapon while in jail he again experienced more head trauma Oof. and as a result spent several days in the psychiatric ward so basically what he did was um he slammed his own head into a concrete wall and he attempted to take his own life by jumping from like if you think about like in a movie or you know a TV show when they're inside of a prison or a jail, there's like two floors. Right. You know, right. and there'll be like a railing or whatever. From what I understand, he like jumped oh, okay. off of one of the railings. Um, luckily, he was okay, but he did once again hit his head. <clears throat> once Johnny was released from jail, his family and those close to Johnny began to grow increasingly concerned for his safety and for the safety of those around him. Johnny displayed the typical symptoms of someone with a TBI or traumatic brain injury, such as irritability, impulse control problems, headaches, and light sensitivity. Okay, yeah, let's... And violence, which we will see more of that later, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, it just, it's so sad when it's like stuff like that happens. And, you know, usually if there's a, a TBI, a serious one, and apologies to you guys if you can hear my puppy screaming in the background. Um, but usually if there's like a big accident or trauma that causes a TBI, they can get treatment. But I feel like with this, it's almost like since it's so many small things, it's like yeah. they might not have been aware soon enough to be able to help him recover. Right. No, I mean, it definitely sounds like that, you know, and it, it it's so tragic, too, because it's almost like these things weren't necessarily his fault. Right. I mean, obviously, we can't prove that one way or the other um, because I don't think they did, like, any kind of autopsy on his brain after his death to prove one way or another, like, why he made the choices he did. Right. Um, but just the fact that his family and, like, loved ones, close people, you know, his friends yeah. close to him said how different he was after the initial accident with the motorcycle. I mean, that should be taken into consideration for sure. Yeah. People don't just change like that overnight unless there's something Some, wrong yeah. with their brain. Yeah, you don't just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So after being arrested two more times, once for assaulting a woman and again for loitering and burglary, 
Johnny went to spend some time at the Ridgeview Ranch, which is a treatment facility, in May of 2012. So one of the sources that I read said that his um, lawyer bargained for this as a way to prevent him from going to jail and having to do more jail time. And Johnny allegedly fired his lawyer after this because he still felt that he acted in self-defense for the original charges and thought he could like beat those charges um so I guess it's kind of portrayed that he went there willingly to try to get help but I also read that he lied or was forced to lie and say that he had a drug and alcohol problem okay to get in there when he in fact didn't did not use drugs or alcohol and I mean, he is a celebrity, so I could see that, you know, they're going to take him regardless because I'm sure, you know, yeah, they want to help him, but also, like, you yeah, know. that's going to happen. So that's just interesting to note because, yeah, you don't usually go to rehab unless you do have a drug or alcohol problem, and right. according to everyone around him, he, he did not. So. Interesting. Okay. But after this, Johnny's behavior did seem to improve, and he was on medication, specifically Zaprexa and Abilify, which both of those are used to treat schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, but we don't know for certain those were his exact diagnoses, though. We just know that, like, those are the drugs that he okay. took. Okay, right, okay. Um, because obviously there's, you know, laws in place to prevent people's medical records from coming out so life seemed to really be looking up for johnny finally in a journal entry from july of 2012 he wrote quote felt more whole today more complete like parts of myself had been stolen in my sleep and scattered all over the world and now they've begun to return i'm more determined I'm more determined than ever now. I'll face what I am. I'll face what I was. Wow. I know. But sadly, this feeling of relief would be short-lived. In August, Johnny was once again arrested. He spent a little over a month in jail this time. And his charges are unknown um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just because, like, his death happened soon after, but we don't know exactly why he was arrested and charged this time. Right. And when he was released, he went to live at the Writer's Villa, which is a multi-room residence for up-and-coming L.A. creatives ran by Kathy Davis. So, Johnny had spent some time living there back in 2009. Uh, I think he lived there for about two years in what they call the red room okay so he was welcomed with open arms when he went back okay Catherine davis better known to her tenants as miss kathy was born in texas and moved to california in 1950 She attended UCLA and worked in publishing before marrying James H. Davis. In 1958, she gave birth to a baby girl, 
and she and her husband purchased the impressive house in Los, is it Los Feliz? Yeah, Los Feliz. Okay, I just want to make sure I was saying that. Yeah. Correctly. (laughs) In the 80s, Miss Kathy and James, unfortunately, did divorce. So Miss Kathy began a very successful career as a real estate agent using her spacious but empty home as a temporary housing for her affluent clients as they house hunted. Okay. So, you know, it's like, I don't know where this is in relation to like Los Angeles, but I, from the sounds of it, you know, it's nice area, big houses, high dollar clients, (laughs) things of that nature. So she kind of was like a, you know, a halfway house, if you will, Mm -hmm. for these like affluent uh clients Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool because you know that would never fly i feel like nowadays (laughs) yeah no (laughs) over time her home evolved into an extended bed and breakfast for up-and-coming performers directors and writers val kilmer parker posey paula poundstone and chris parnell were just a few of the celebrities who lived at the villa when they were up and coming and they enjoyed the company of the warm-hearted landlady. Miss Kathy was a lively woman with a very quick wit. Okay. So on the morning of September 26, 2012, a neighbor of the writer's villa, Dan Blackburn, noticed a disheveled young man pacing back and forth across the pavement in just jeans and red shoes. Okay. A few moments later, that young man was knocking at his door. Dan opened his door, and the man said, Hi, I'm John, your new neighbor. To which Dan replied, Nice to meet you, John. Then, Johnny unexpectedly walked away. The series of events that would follow are disturbing to say the least and I just want to give a trigger warning for extreme violence against both people and animals according to Dan a few minutes later he heard his wife Gloria screaming Mm -hmm. Dan ran outside and there to his surprise was Johnny beating up their painter who was there painting their home Dan attempted to stop Johnny But being that he was in his 70s at that time, he did not compare to the strength that Johnny was exhibiting, and Johnny punched Dan in the face. Okay. Dan later recalled how Johnny appeared disassociative and just had a blank stare in his eyes. Dan attempted to punch Johnny back, but but the hit didn't even phase Johnny. Finally, he was able to hit Johnny with a chair and subdue him long enough for the painter, Gloria, and himself to seek refuge inside their home. From the window of their home, they witnessed Johnny leap over the fence between the Blackburn residence and the writer's villa, and they called the police immediately. When the authorities arrived, they discovered a horrifying scene. First... There, lying face up in the driveway, was Johnny. Oh my gosh. To investigators, it appeared that he must have jumped or fallen from the second story or the roof of the writer's villa. 
Okay. And he was pronounced deceased at the scene. Inside, they found Miss Kathy in an even more gruesome state. She laid on the floor of her bedroom beside her bed, also deceased. She had been brutally beaten. The left side of her face had been beaten so severely that her brain was exposed. Oh my gosh. She also apparently had been stabbed four times in the cheek with a mechanical pencil that authorities found on the scene beside her body. Jeez. They also saw signs that Miss Kathy had been strangled. Along with Miss Kathy's body, they also discovered the body of her cat in the shower. No. The cat had also been severely beaten. No, 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 no. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Yeah. Miss Kathy's death would later be ruled a homicide, and her cause of death was blunt force trauma. Okay. Initially, Johnny's death was also investigated as a homicide, but it was later ruled an accidental death because police believe that he may have accidentally fallen rather than jumped due to lack of any evidence pointing towards homicide. And, you know, there's no way they could definitively rule one way or another where, whether it was suicide or accidental. Okay. And it's like, part of it is like, well, he has attempted suicide before. So I feel like they probably leaned towards that. Yeah. But. But then they ruled it accidental, which is surprising. But I I mean, I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I feel like. If he had blood evidence on him, they maybe right. could tell better if he jumped or slipped. Right. You know, or fell. Um, but but it's I so guess there hard. just was no, yeah, there just was no, like, definitive evidence to rule it one way or another. So they did, they did rule it as an accidental death, which I think is, uh, what's a, what's a good word for that? Um, not honorable, because that doesn't make sense, but kind i don't yeah know. i feel like that's to do that i mean that's fair else. if he if you yeah. can't definitively rule it one way then i think Let's it's fair more positive thing yeah. yeah yeah so police along with the media assumed johnny had been on drugs or under the influence of something when he killed miss kathy um there was like reports that he had taken bath salts that he was on meth I remember, and this is the part that I remember back then, um, because I was like an avid Sons of Anarchy watcher, and when I found out that he had died and he had murdered someone, I was like completely shocked and appalled. And then I also heard that he was under the influence of bath salts and meth and all these things. Um, But ultimately, his toxicology report came back completely clean. Wow. There were no drugs. And no alcohol in his system. In fact, though, nothing was in his system, including his prescription medication to help with his mental health. That's not good. Yeah. So, Johnny was only 28 at the time of his death. And those that truly knew Johnny were shocked by what he had done. And it was clear to many that he was very mentally unwell. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, theories that maybe he suffered a psychotic break or was experiencing some psychosis due to untreated mental illness. Um, 
which made me think about the the Brentwood Five massacre when yeah. the college student just had a mental break and just killed everyone in in the house. And I mean, I think that does happen, especially when in this case you have someone who is suffering from a possible like brain mental health know, crisis. TBI right. and you said TBI, BTI yeah. <laughs> BTI brain traumatic yeah that doesn't make sense TBI. Um, but yeah no it's but, definitely yeah so no one can say for sure because like I said there was no autopsy performed right. um, after his death as far as I I know and you know all the celebrities that knew him of course were speaking favorably about him and had like all the nice things to say and how sad they were that his life had succumbed to this. But I just want to bring one little thing to attention and it kind of bothered me because in a way I feel like maybe this person said this because they were a little bit butthurt that the, that he left the show. Mm, Okay. Um, But the producer, I believe of the show said that he wasn't surprised by this. Okay. Um, even though literally like every other person in Johnny's life said that they were completely shocked that he like he yeah, wasn't capable that's of doing little... something like this. Yeah, and I was just like even wow, that's even if you uh, yeah, that that bothers me. Like you worked with him. You that's mm-hmm. not a very nice thing to say. Yeah. I was going to try to read you the exact quote. Okay, so I'm not going to name this person. You can, if you want to look it up, you can, but I just, I'm just not going to even name him. But he said, quote, it was a tragic end for an extremely talented guy who unfortunately had lost his way. I wish I could say that I was shocked by the events of last night, but I was not. I am deeply sorry that an innocent life had to be thrown into his destructive path. Yes, it's a day of mourning, but, but it's also a day of awareness and gratitude. Sadly, some of us carry the message by dying. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's an what... interesting thing to say after somebody you worked with passes away. I mean, I, I, I know like... I thought so too. I, I mean, I really did think that that was, that was interesting to, to say something like that. Um... Yeah, I mean, it... yeah, I just, I have a lot of... That just gives me, like, the... The The icks. Icks, yeah. It's just kind of like, why would you... Like, just don't say anything. Why would you say that? You know? Especially because, like, everyone else. I mean, Katy Perry spoke out. A mutual friend of Katy Perry and Johnny spoke out. His family, his other friends, like, people who knew him since childhood all spoke out and pretty much said the same things of, this is not Johnny. Johnny, you know, the Johnny we knew wouldn't do this. Like, he was obviously very mentally ill. Right. So it just was, I don't know, it just, I'm going on a tangent here, but it did just strike me and made me a little upset knowing everything else that I know. And obviously we don't know what happened behind the scenes of the show, but. Yeah, but still, especially it, because it like hasn't been ruled what happened yet, right? As far as. Her death. No, it was a homicide. He killed her. But so for sure it was him. Yeah, for sure it was okay. him. They don't have any other suspects. I mean, okay. the evidence but just was to, there. Just to say like, oh, yeah, it just, 
there could have been different ways to say that. Yeah. And and how about just like a little maybe compassion? Obviously, like murdering someone is horrific and unexcusable, but maybe have compassion for somebody who was, you know, having an extremely difficult time with their mental health. And yeah, I mean, he he chose to stop taking his medication. Yes. And that is you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Without medical professionals helping you through that process. But yeah. I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel any compassion from somebody who I guess at one point in time would have been considered a friend probably to Johnny. But before we go, I will leave you with this. If you see someone struggling or you yourself are struggling, please seek help. You do not have to suffer in silence. For resources in your area, you can reach out to your area's Department of Mental Health and they can point you in the right direction. I tried to find like a generalized, like a 1-800 number that, that people could call in case they're having a, a break like this or, you know, right. not like this, but similar to this. I wasn't unsuccessful, but if I do find something, I would definitely link it in the show notes for you guys. Um, but that is the life and tragic death of Johnny. And I just wow. think that it, I, it's just so sad that he... I mean, it sounds like his parents cared enough and they tried to help him, but it just doesn't sound like he had a huge support system. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'm reading into that completely wrong, but and, you yeah, know, it doesn't really you feel like it. people that can't help themselves too. So it's not everyone's responsibility to, Yeah. but just, just check in on your, on your people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just I think that's sure fair to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that is all I have for you guys today. Um, thank y'all for listening today and, you know, giving me the opportunity to share Johnny's story. Like I said, there was a lot of misinformation in this case. So I hope that I potentially cleared up some of that for you guys. Yeah. But we will catch up with you guys next week with a brand new case. Hope you guys all have a good weekend. And I don't know yeah. what this accent is right now. Um, <laughs> but until next week, keep it human. Bye, guys.